right, people, strap in. Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. And I am so excited to talk about this movie. One, because it's goddamn hysterical. But two, also because I'm with a couple of people here who we haven't been able to record for a while. Uh, planned on recording, but as life would have it, just shit gets in the way. But before we really, really get into this, uh, Rob, hello. <laughs> it's, it, I almost feel like singing Reunited, and it feels so good. It's been a minute um, since we've been able to get together, and last time we did something was, I think, was the 93 Super Mario Brothers. So, God, I, I, I needed something good to look forward to, to, uh, to cleanse my palate from that. I don't think this was it, but... <laughs> You know, well, we've got some other good stuff to coming up to, that we can talk about, too. Yeah, we might have a, a few opposite opinions on that because this, you know, to me, these are great palate cleansers. But, um, you know, Brandon's joining us. We're going to talk about Street Fighter uh, at a time when Street Fighter was incredibly popular. Um, so it seemed like the right move. You know, was it? Mm. We'll discuss that to varying degrees, but Brandon, you're here with us. I do love how we reunite with a terrible movie, but <laughs> also so, it's, it's funny that we're recording this now because it seems like Street Fighter is about to reach a new height of popularity with Street Fighter 6. An open beta came out, everyone loves it, and they said they're going to make another live action Street Fighter. Is it going to be good? Hopefully, but it's going to be really funny if it sucks again. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just make a prediction before we get started. Uh, just for the benefit of the listeners, Matt and I have not said anything to each other about this movie since we agreed to do this. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know actually what his real thoughts are. I'm going to make a prediction that Matt likes this movie a lot more than anybody thinks he will. I think that Matt is going to classify this as kind of in like that fantastic four like Batman and Robin neighborhood where it's so bad it's good and that he will actually rewatch this at some point in his life. That's that's my prediction. I'm going out on a limb. Well, let's start with that. I mean, let's let's see what we're looking at here. You've got balls, ass, smoking jacket, cocaine, galore. What's not to love about this movie? Now maybe you're hearing those things and you're thinking I think you downloaded the wrong Street Fighter, but no, for some reason in this movie, <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, who plays Guile, is obsessed with talking about people's asses. Bisons. Only bisons. Not having their balls. Everything in between. And if you read all the reports, and these have been confirmed, this man, and you, I think you can see it in scenes when when the cocaine kicks in. Or when he comes off it, because there's times when he is gritting his teeth and he looks, he looks lost, and it's, it's freaking hysterical. And not only that, you have the last on-screen performance, and this has been talked about a lot by Rod Julia. But man, th this guy did not say, "I'm taking this movie off." He, he oh no, every he committed his performance. 
Raul Julia went full send on this. I mean, he is chewing scenery left and right. I, I think somebody forgot to tell him this was actually not a good movie because he commits to it and uh, and he might actually save this movie. I think I think him just being him because there's some real ridiculous stuff that they have him do that they need him to do um, or that is happening opposite him. And somehow, like, I, I think he kind of saves this. I mentioned that as we were watching, I was like, he is working way too hard for this type of movie. <laughs> like I said, like I know his kids loved it. I know he was like on his deathbed. But man, this is not that type of movie. Like, like that one scene where he's like the grip of M. Bison. I was like, that's actually really good. That doesn't belong in the scene where you get the truck scene in that one area. Yeah, no, he he certainly does. He he treats this with I would use the word a lot of respect. Um, you know, I actually think there's parts where he's actually really good, like that speech where he's talking and he's like a madman. All I want to do, like, I think that's actually really good. And then there's a couple of performances where it's like, okay, well, hang on a second. Maybe you got into, you know, Van Damme stash before <laughs> while you were filming um, and he goes over the top, but I think he's really good. And, you know, Rob, I am just going to say it. I really do. Like I, I was watching this and I said out loud so many times, I'm like, this is so bad. Like it's like, it's ridiculous, but this is one of those to me, like this is so bad that it's so hysterical that I treat this as a comedy. Like I watch this as a comedy movie and just get so much enjoyment out of this. Like the way they just purposely, it's very stereotypical of its time frame, 1994. I've yeah. listened to other people talk about this. So this certainly isn't just my own ideas. Um, but you know how they appropriate like these characters and they change their stories like Balrog and stuff like that. And it's like, it's just, they do so much with it that it's just, I can't help but freaking laugh. Yeah. Um, so I made the comment when we were talking about Super Mario Brothers that there's a lot of decisions that have to go into making a movie. And, and Mario is what happens when you make every single one of those decisions wrong. I kind of think Street Fighter is what happens when you make every single one of those decisions after doing cocaine. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's really what we get here. I mean, right out of the gate, we're in so bad it's good territory. It's just ridiculous and absurd and stupid. But I laugh at it. I mean, there are cheesy lines. There's dumb bits. This movie sort of has everything you're looking for in kind of a dumb movie that like, I won't say I will never rewatch this again because I likely will at some point in the rest of my life, unless I get hit by a bus tomorrow or something. It's it's like I struggle to think of the time I would pull this out, though. Like, I think. I think somebody like you, Matt, that kind of regularly goes back and rewatches bad movies for sport. Like, I think you'll rewatch <laughs> it really this. is sport. <laughs> it really is like like you, you do that. Like, I don't really do that. You do. And I can see like just being in a really goofy mood at some point and just being like, let's watch Street Fighter. <laughs> like, yeah, let's watch Street Fighter. Like, I, I can see that happening, although 
man, I'd have to get through a whole list of other things. Like the, the reason to rewatch this movie again would be if you're, if you're hanging out with somebody who's never seen it and they've only heard of it and you're like, all right, we're going to do this. Like get a six pack. We're doing this now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it starts off too relatively i think it does start off kind of interesting in the simple fact that like the news broadcast and talking and i do think there's a little bit of like there's interest there about like oh i wonder what they're going with like i wonder what they're going with here like this maybe they're treating some of this very seriously like it's a very serious situation certainly that they're talking about like you know people getting kidnapped and you know, Bison, a dictator, stuff like that. But then, oh man, yeah, like you quickly then realize like, oh no, that, okay. Like that was to throw you off the scent for 13 seconds for whatever reason they did that. And it just, it just goes nuts from zero to in zero to 60. It goes crazy. Yeah. There's some pretty good fan service here. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, the you know, again, there's some really wonky stuff, but I will give this movie some credit that some of the production design is actually pretty cool. If you look specifically at some of the bison propaganda stuff, I mean, this is like it's almost like somebody went into North Korea, took a whole bunch of pictures of everything they could find and then just put Raul Julia's face instead of Kim Jong Un's. Like it's really it's got that vibe to it. I, and and he really is inspired kind of like those North Korean dictators, you know, those communist leaders where, you know, he's this narcissistic despot who tries to make everything about himself. Um, and, and they play it like, again, he plays it so straight. Like he doesn't play it that it's ridiculous and it, and it's really effective. I mean, he's got his own hat rack, which I sort of love that detail. And he's got this portrait of himself. That's literally ripped right off of a Napoleonic painting of him on the horse. And you kind of see it when he's in that, that um, room with Chun-Li. And honestly, I think one of the greatest lines of this movie, uh, just giving Raul Julia some credit here, you know, he's got that whole bit of, you know, when, when uh, Bison came to your village, it was the greatest day of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. Like that is a legitimately great line. And I'm trying to decide if it's wasted in a movie like this or literally perfect for a movie like this. And I don't know the answer. It's one or the other. <laughs> oh, I love it. But I feel like we're not pointing something out about the intro. They had the guts to like show it to your face that they changed one of the characters because Chun Li's not a news reporter in the games. Like she's a cop. And then we go to E Honda and then you change his nationality. <laughs> so apparently, apparently sumo and Samoan way too close together. Right. Yeah. That was just a pronunciation thing. They couldn't figure out the difference. Well, in the nineties, it was the same thing. Yes. It was, it really was. But you know, we, we were talking about that scene with bison where he's like, for me, it was a Tuesday. Like not only is that delivery great, like literally like the way the actress who plays Chun-Li like response to that with her, like her big old cartoon raccoon eyes. Like you don't remember like she, yeah. And that's kind of terrible. Like I'm like, Oh my God. Like it's so great. And then like other things that this movie does that just, I freaking die. So 
why does she dress up in black ninja clothes to go into a fine lit building? Like, what is that? Like, what is that doing? Who is who is she hiding from when she's in that costume? Also, too, because there's really no timetable of how much time passes in this movie. But um, did did Guile know that someone was going to come down and get what the hell was he sitting in that bag for? I had the same thought, like literally how long is we on that slab? Like, was he, was he kind of waiting? Right. Like, okay, if nobody comes down to find me that I can jump up and scare in the next 20 what? minutes, then, then I'm out of here. Like, did he like, put did himself he make back sure in he... the bag? Like, did he tiptoe over there? Like he heard her come. He's like, Ooh, I got to get back in the bag. Like what? Yeah. I got to make sure I do this jump scare. Like, yeah, that was, that was pretty like, yeah. And then I just love too how, again, you know, we know Ken and Ryu, if you know Ryu, Ryu I swear to God. <laughs> whatever, um, we know them, but why does them fighting people in the prison, like, storyline wise, it makes no sense why he recruits them. Like, they were just, they were just there trying to sell fake, like a fake arms deal. Like, I, I don't get why he tries to recruit them. that doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and in general, like this movie is called street fighter and it's an adaption of a video game that involves fighting, like unarmed hand to hand combat punches and kicks. And, and, you know, they've had, they have like fireballs and stuff like that. They throw too, I guess. But for a movie called street fighter, there's really not a lot of fight scenes in this movie. Like there's really not a lot of like hand to hand martial arts style action scenes. The ones that are here are mostly bad. Like, I don't know that I have a favorite. Like, there's really not a really good one I can point to and be like, oh, yeah, that's a great example of this. I mean, I this is really indicative of a lot of martial arts movies that take place in modern times that are made in the 20th and 21st centuries in that it requires a lot of characters to completely forget they have guns when the story requires punches and kicks. Um, like there's a scene when they're actually assaulting the island towards the end that, um, is, is really particularly bad. Um, there's, there's these red shirts that Guile and Cammy have to jump that again, they conveniently forget that as red shirts often do that they're holding guns. And these guys are carrying Cammy so much that it's almost pro wrestling at that point. Like they're literally just are carrying her and jumping as she grabs them to throw them. And it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thinking about the fights there's only really one that goes longer than like 20 seconds too and that's like guile and bison and, and that's not even really a martial arts fight either because it's a lot of like sci-fi bison flying around well, and i guess they're trying to incorporate some of his moveset he, from the game a little he bit gets his like psycho powers which aren't psycho powers he just gets electricity and like sticks out his hand and then, like, he just ends up, they hook around Julia onto, like, a string and start just flying him back and forth throughout the set so he could hit Guile every time. So you could say that's accurate to fighting games. He found the move and he kept spamming it because he kept, because it worked. <laughs> Except we never got E Honda just 100 hand slapping someone in a corner and not letting them right. out, or Blanca doing the electrical he attack did. and not letting them out of the corner. Like that, that would have been really, you know, that would have fit in exactly with how my brother and I played against each other. Yeah. So I think they did do a Hadouken as well, because there's a scene where like 
Ken holds his hands out like like this with a Hadouk, and then the like screen flashes white. I'm like, did they just do that? Because they don't say it at any point, and it's just so such randomness of a scene. I'm like, what are we doing here? You know, it's funny too because that scene with with Bison um, and Guile, he literally uh, he literally waits the length of like half of a football field for Bison to come attack him. Like he, he, waits, yeah, he waits for him to levitate, gets a stupid look on his face, and then watches him come towards him. He's like, I wonder if he'll just overshoot me. Like, I, I don't know. It's so funny. And, you know, you said like just carrying people and, you know, when they do fight again, not even okay. Like sure. Martial arts or anything like that. There's some of the weakest punches like I've seen in a film like this. You know, you you take a look at this and then a year later you got Mortal Kombat. The fights in that are much better. That and yeah. you know, I know it's a year later, but you look at that Johnny Cage and Scorpion fight. That's hard hitting. Like these guys look like they're powder puffing each other. Like, and some of it's so bad. They have the one fight scene with, um, what's his name? Uh, the sumo guy, E Honda and the Russian. I'm forgetting Zangi. their names. Zangi. Yeah. yeah Zangi. I'm fairly certain they were playing Godzilla sound effects in yeah. the background during the yeah. whole thing. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing and this? It's cover- and it's covered by dust. Like, so you barely can see it. And then literally it's, the way their fight ends is the equivalent of you being outside with your buddy and your mom called you because you had to eat dinner. He literally was like, oh, I can't. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, can't play no more, bro. Like, and he just scurries off. Like, come in, mom. I'm going to wash my hands before supper. Like, it's like, and that's why I love this movie because it just, it's so ridiculous like even the fact like bison's plans and he's so confident like he gets like there's no money they make that ridiculous video game noise like when you don't win a prize but also too he's gonna pay he's gonna pay him in bison bucks that's not a thing like like so wait a minute when are you gonna when are you gonna capture the queen of england like when's this on the radar like, because you got this other thing going with the United Nations. So, like, is this a two for one plan? He's like, got a future deal in place. yeah, like you're just going to roll right into the next one. Like, I, I don't even know, but it's I, I do love too though, where he oh, my God, Hell where they nah. where they find out Guile's still alive. And he's like, I guess you didn't see that. And he covers his freaking eye. I was <laughs> dying. Yeah, I think there's times this movie knows it's not supposed to be good. And and I think sometimes that's when it's most effective. So I'll give you another great example. Um, they're getting ready to assault Shadowloo and, uh, and, and you know, they find out the guy still alive and it's um, and, and Bison. And, and, they you know, they can just, you know, call each other on Skype, apparently, in, into the vehicles as they're as they're moving back in 1994. And he's and he says, "This is the collection agency, Bison, and your ass is six months overdue." Yeah. That is legitimately, legitimately a laugh out loud 
funny moment. And again, I am not certain if this belongs in a movie like this or is wasted in a movie like this. I don't know the answer. So one moment that really got me, like I was dying at it when, where were they? When there's like Chun-Li, Ihonda, Ryu and Ken. And they're, and like some truck is coming with explosives and they're showing it on the TV they're all standing there and Zangby goes, quick, change the channel. And they all look at him like he's an idiot. <laughs> like that had me crying. I don't know why. Just the way everyone else acted outside of it had me dying laughing. There's another bit of ridiculousness uh, right before uh, they assault Shadowloo and, and Giles in his little stealth boat thing. <laughs> and he just kind of like reaches into one of his arm pockets and he pulls out this eight millimeter cassette tape of like Blanca and his wife and, and Guile and his wife, like having lunch together. Like he just has that. Like, you know, I know the joke about Deadpool is he's, what does he keep in all these pouches that he's got? But it's just like, you have a pouch specifically for that eight millimeter cassette tape that was filmed when, and why do you have that? Yeah. Like it's, it's so, it's so funny and just, and why is there a VCR in the stealth? Park? Right. Yeah. Like, Hey, make sure you put that. <laughs> like, why is that there? Like, what was that request like? Like, <laughs> hey, if my like, friend listen, ever gets ca- if my friend ever gets captured, I want to be able to watch it while I'm going to rescue him. Like, yeah, make sure you. I put don't want to like miss out on my stories while I'm out on mission, right? <laughs> um, and and you know, speaking of his friend Charlie, um, boy, uh, he looks horrible, like. <laughs> It is, yeah. It is so funny how terrible he looks, and I just, I really was like, okay, I know you wanted to get these characters in here, and again, you know, he's a fan favorite. He's a fan favorite, but it's like it's two different characters. It is. It's two different Street Fighter characters mixed into one terribly, but but he looks, he looks horrendous. Like, it might have been interesting had he actually turned into, like, super violent. Like, that might have been interesting. Make them, make Guile fight him. Like, sure. There's a real wasted opportunity of them not having to fight and him having his electrical powers. Like, that could have been actually cool. Instead, what happens is Guile's like, I'll make it quick and painless. And he's like, and you go, wait a second. Are you literally just going to cap your friend right now? Like... (laughs) That's what's really going to happen he, here? He really, I swear to God. I he think was going to do it. That, that guy, um, the doctor, he looks like he came in actually off script because he was going to shoot him. He was probably freaking buzzing on that coke. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, man, I'll do it. He's like, whoa, goddamn, dude, slow down. Like, like somebody better yell cut. Like, <laughs> like, it's, oh, man, it's just, it's hysterical, but, you know, I, there's still there's still a lot to talk about, but you know we talk about this movie, you know, trying to to be fan service, but there's that moment where, you know, at the end of the movie where they all make that Street Fighter, you know, where they all pose and then the Street Fighter logo comes up and it's like that's fans like that is the fan service that people hate because why are you doing that like like wh- who why are you posing like that right now? Like, it's really weird. I, I mean, and then friends just pose like that, don't they? Well, they do. But 
it makes no sense in the movie. <laughs> like, you know, also too free Instagram. It doesn't make sense. I, I love, I love how in the nineties overly aggressive, like just sexualism on women is so funny and so great because you get to the end of the movie <laughs> and Chun Li's like, how about that interview? And he's like, only if you wear that dress. And everybody in the background's like, yeah, he's going to get some ass. Like, it's just like, where did that come from? When did she show interest whole, in you? Like that whole scene is so cringy. Like it's beyond, beyond cringe. And prior to that, there's another scene. And, and by the way, like, did you even realize that was Ming-Na Wen? Yes, I did. That real- plays Chun-Li? Yes. Like I didn't, I didn't realize that right away until I looked it up later. I was like, "No, there's no way," but it is. It's her. Um, the whole scene with Bison, who's like, you know, he just got done talking about how he wiped out her entire village, like, and killed all the people that are close to her, and just like, "Yeah, I did that." Um, so we gonna do this yeah, now? Like, he really gonna, is. So we're 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 definitely hooking up right now, right? right? Like he he's definitely like we're definitely doing that, and it's like it's so bad, like. It, it it reminds you of how movies at this time were made. And it's just like, Oh God, how did, how did, how did anybody ever think this was okay? Well, and two, like another thing with the nineties is, you know, you sit there and, uh, the, the blonde chick that's with him. Cammy. Yeah. Cammy. There's scenes where it's like, she acts like she's interested in him. Oh, they hooked up. Guaranteed. <laughs> In those scenes, they definitely hooked up in that movie. But like in the '90s as well, though it it's it's so common for one female character who clearly likes one character, then to like laugh laugh it off when he clearly is trying to get with the other woman in the scene. Like she's in the background too, laughing it up. Like, oh, it's so funny that you're just like only if you wear that dress, like. I just, I don't understand it. And it's like, you, you do though, you go back and watch any movies from the nineties like that. And it, it happens the same way every single time. There's a lot of just, I, there's, there's parts of that. And, and his line with the way he delivers that, like only if you wear that, like Jean-Claude Van Damme is clearly phoning in a lot of the stuff that happened. He, he didn't in phone There's in the way scene. he looked her up and down in that scene. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, the, uh, you know, the stand in for the United nations, you know, the allied nations. Um, and they even have like the blue helmets and things like that, that the UN really use like that whole scene with that guy is terrible. Like, laughably bad that nobody that is in that scene wants to be at work that day. You can tell like they don't want to be there. Like clearly whoever set up craft services that morning didn't put the right condiments out or burned their omelet or something like they're just not having a good day on set that day. None of them want to be there. There's another moment later on. That's very obvious with that. And that's, um, you know, when Ken and Ryu get back together and they're having that conversation, like it's, it looks like a scene from a middle school class project and it's acted at that same level. It's so bad. Like how did that make the cut? 
How did they not like? How did they see that? They watch the dailies and go, "Nope, that's good enough. How, we don't need to reshoot that." How does that have anything to do with us? <laughs> oh, great! It is so great. bad. Like, how does that not just get put on the cutting room floor and like, you know what? We just got to skip it. We didn't get it. Yeah. We're not. We're not going back now. We we just we're not we're not including that. There's all. I swear to God, there's almost part of this, and I've never seen anything. But it's almost like they shot this. They did see it but they could only get so many reshoots done. So they turned part of it. Like they just went over the top, but then couldn't get everything they wanted. So it did get spliced into the original serious movie that they were going to try to do. Cause there are a lot of parts that do feel very tonally different about yeah. this, uh, about this movie. <laughs> like at least in other really bad movies, like, you know, like Batman and Robin, it's totally the same through the entire movie. Fan four stick. It's totally the same the entire movie. <laughs> Ghost Rider, things like that, like Catwoman, Green Lantern. These things, like they're you know, they're all not good, but they don't have huge tonal shifts. Like I feel like this movie does, and that's why I say like I almost feel like they did reshoots, but couldn't get everything they wanted, and this is like spliced together. But. And I don't really know that they put enough time into planning out their action scenes in general, because like we said earlier, none of them are particularly effective. It's a movie called Street Fighter, and you barely get any martial arts combat throughout this, which is really like what people wanted to see. You get to your big finale and you've got a whole squadron of Bison's army that are all toting AK-47s and and they're shooting at hostages and Guile, who only has a pistol. And, and it's some of the worst examples of stormtrooper aim literally ever. I mean, it's, it's objectively terrible. Meanwhile, you've got Cammy and I think the character is Sergeant Thunderhawk, which that's not at all racist. Um, like he's native American. Yeah. We're calling him Sergeant Thunderhawk. That'll work. Um, so the two of them are, are taking out armed military with basically just punches, kicks and the power of friendship, apparently, because like they don't, they've got nothing else. It's. It's so bad. Like, why were these decisions made? Yeah, it's just super weird with it as well. It's, but like, yeah, it's just weird because like, no one does any fighting. The couple times we do, it's interrupted like five seconds in. Like, what's the point in some of these scenes? Like, when Vega is fighting either Ryu or Ken. Why even have that if you're going to have a truck pull in out of nowhere like five, like two minutes later in the movie? Yeah, some of these things don't they just they they don't make sense. And it's like, oh, I wanted to see that. No, like because Vega looks cool. He looks the part like a lot of the costumes yeah. are, you know, well done. They're very, very accurate. Um with the exception of Jean-Claude Van Damme's die job, which is one of the worst die jobs in film history. And I'm, I think they just let whoever like the makeup artists, if, if they just let their little daughter come in and help on set and hand paint his American flag tattoo every day, it looks hand painted like, and, and not by like an adult, by like a, like a, a preschooler. Like it, it's terrible. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm convinced too of these fight scenes that, they really just kind of said, okay, like action, do something. 
like, I, I'm almost convinced there wasn't really planned out fight scenes because again, like none of it really feels choreographed. Like it just doesn't like it. It just feels like it feels like two people who are super inebriated, just going at each other. They're just pushing each other back and forth like, or swinging each other. Like if you know, like, you watch these funny videos of like two drunk people trying to fight and they're just staggering back and forth and like throwing, like that's what these fights are. Like they're, they're drunken, like haymaker missed by a mile fights. I mean, you kind of get guile with like his, his back kick move, um, which has to get a little bit 19 times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you kind of get E Honda's hundred hand slap a little bit. You get Vega with the the claw. Um, you know, Brandon kind of mentioned there's there's maybe a Hadouken in there, but other yeah, than that, like I think there is, but it's very like weirdly shot. Yeah, it's horribly shot. Yeah, and you kind of get Bison's sort of like spinning attack, um, like that spinning drill attack thing he has uh, in the second game. But other than that, like I there really didn't feel like there was a lot of their signature attack styles for any of these characters, unless there's something I'm missing that you guys can think of. Like, and for this type of game, you know, Matt, we've kind of talked a lot as as we've been doing video game adaptions a lot lately. There's certain kinds of fan service you want from adapted like sources. And, and I think when you take something like this, you want some of that signature feel of their, of their fighting style and what makes that character, you know, that character in some of the costumes they get right. And some of them are just completely non-existent altogether. But, you know, like there's, there was a lot of missed opportunity. I think that, that to add some fan service that people would have really been into instead of what they actually did. Yeah, no. Cause I mean, again, you look a year later, um, and certain like now it's been it's certainly been changed, but you know again that 1995 Mortal Kombat for the longest time was like yeah it's it's cheesy, but it's a good cheesy because you have the signature styles of the fighters like they feel you know it feels like Scorpion, like Sub Zero, Liu Kang, you know. It feels like those characters. So some of the cheesiness you can forgive and it's actually, it's fun. Now, again, I like this movie, but it's in a, it's for a much, much different reason, you know, and regardless, I mean, I guess you could say, okay, well, who cares? Because the movie was profitable. It, it, you know, this movie did make profit. Um, so you know, who knows, but yeah, I, I just, it's just weird how a year, you know, it's, it's similar to Catwoman and Batman begins, like how those two movies came out a year away from each other is, is mesmerizing to me. Really? Yeah. Catwoman and Batman begins were a year apart. Wow. Can you guys believe they made a game out of this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Street fighter, the movie, the game. The game. <laughs> and then like, Two years later, the animated movie came out, which like, yeah, it has problems. It goes on way too long, but still really good and really Street Fighter. So like what happened here? Like what communication went wrong? I know 
a little other extracurricular stuff was added in there, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, Rob, we've talked about this with studios and things like that, but I, I really do think regardless of how I feel about this movie, you know, this was a time, you know, you saw with double dragon and things like that. You know, this was a time when truly studios thought, you know, way back then in 1994, um, you know, again, we were a very, very, you know, well, we were a, video game. People were a minority. You were the nerds. You weren't the in, you know, certainly not to this degree. Like, you know, Rob, we talk about this with the MCU and now it's like, you know, you see everybody walking down the street or, you know, people that you never would have saw way back when wearing a Captain America shirt because now it's yeah. cool or a Superman logo where before it was like, you know, nerd like and I was wearing those shirts. So whatever. But, you know, so like yeah, now you're only cool if you're a nerd. Yeah, like, you know, back then it was like, oh, well, we can't make this just for the video game fans because we won't make any money. Like we like we need to add all of this stuff because we need the person that's bringing their kid to this movie to enjoy it. And you fail. At, like you fail at both. Because you annihilate the person that it was supposed to be for, and then you don't make a good enough movie for the person that's there to get invested. You have to go a long way in the history of video game adaptions uh, to film before you find anything any good. I mean, Super Mario Brothers was the first one that I've got a record of, at least in, in any of the the research that I've done into video game adaptions. Because I mentioned, you know, we've been doing a lot of them lately. We've been talking about a lot of them lately. You know, uh, Super Mario Brothers is 1993. Double Dragon is 94. And Street Fighter came out uh, in December of 94. Yep. And it was, you know, Mortal Kombat was uh, just under a year later in 95. And it's really a lot. I mean, there's just if you find if you can find the same list that I'm looking at, it's just whiff after whiff after whiff. And and like some all time bad movies, like really, really awful movies. And it's almost until you get to like Detective Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog that it's even conceivable that video game adaptions are even even have a chance to be worth watching because they're, you know, it's a lot of us that Uwe Boll, like he, he's got a ton of them in there that are just obviously we know those are terrible. Resident Evil, they made like 75 of them and none of them are good. Like it, it's so wild that it took studios this long to figure out how to adapt something that so many people love. And I mean, like millions upon millions upon millions of people worldwide love it. And, and people grew up playing it that now work in studios. You would think some of them could have figured this out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fascinating how long it took for them to get things right. And, you know, you'd, you'd see a little smidge of hope in a movie and then it's like, okay, like, geez. Um, but it, yeah, like some of those ones that are on that list, like maybe you like it, but critically it's not uh, accepted. It's not a, it's not a mega hit. Right. Exactly. And, and there's a, there's a difference. And again, I'm, you know, we're not sitting here saying like, oh, if you like one of these movies, like you're wrong. We certainly never say that. It's just, yeah, these movies critically, they'll have their, like, they will have their fans, but yeah, like you didn't get something that was like universally like, oh, 
okay, okay, here we go. Like, this is actually good. Um, yeah, it certainly wasn't the Resident Evil movies. Like, it's still a... Not even the new one. It's still a myth how those made so much money. Um, it just goes to show you at the time what 3D did for some of them because some of the, the biggest... Some <laughs> of the biggest box office ones are the 3d ones so people would pay to see it and certainly again i'm not going to be a hypocrite because i love what i i love 3d i i you know still do um but yeah it, it's a very interesting you know as we've been doing a lot of these it's very interesting especially too because you know as rob we're doing these you know I'm sitting here and, and Brandon and Rob, I'm not sure what you're up to speed with. I know, you know, life's been pretty crazy, so you might not have time, but like, you know, I'm playing video games like, you know, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Brandon's playing Tears of the Kingdom from Zelda, which, you know, 10 million copies sold in what was it? Three, three days. Three days. Um, you know, so playing really good video games while watching like, very bad video game movies <laughs> makes it kind of even like funnier. Um, Cause it's like, man, yeah. how do you get this medium wrong? <laughs> like some of my mm, most emotional so moments come from video games. Yeah. Yeah. Something that is a hobby that hundreds of millions of people partake in. And somehow every, almost every time people have invested into an adaption of it. It's been a, not just, not just a swing and a miss, but a, like a, a going down swinging strikeout on almost every occasion. And it's, it's so wild that you started in 1993. Here we are 30 years later, 30 years later. And we're just finally at a point where video game adaption isn't the kiss of death. And what's crazy is it works the other way too, because when you make video games out of, feel like you adapt a film into a video game. Those were almost always terrible too. Like how is it possible that you can't seem to make these things work? Because it's not like there's other examples of this. If you think about how many times books have been adapted into television shows or into films that, you know, there's ways that you can do it and do it really, really well. I mean, think about Jurassic park, you know, think about Stephen King's catalog, you know, there's, there's dozens of hits, you know, dozens, I mean, of, of, of films that have been made out of Stephen King's work. You know, Shawshank Redemption goes down as one of people's favorite movies of all time. Um, you know, when you when you ask like 100 people what your favorite movie is, Shawshank definitely shows up in a bunch of them. That's an adapted work. Think about how many times Shakespeare has been adapted. Like you can do it. You can adapt one form of entertainment into film, into television and have it work. And yet somehow video games have just not translated in the same way <clears throat> sorry i find it hilarious that it was sonic to really start this whole new renaissance like of all series considering that going in and out of sonic 2 it was always looked at that if sonic frontiers was bad or like broken in any way sonic games were probably done like people were probably going to lose interest at that point so now that we got good stuff, it helps. It somehow helps like the games as well. Like more people got eyes on Sonic Frontiers. It came out good. And now it's the best selling Sonic game. So in a way, with how good they treated the two movies, it actually somehow benefited the series. Maybe that'll help. Maybe that'll do more in the future with other games like Twisted Metal. 
they might announce a new one tomorrow. And then the Twisted Metal series is somehow good or a game sells for a franchise that has been kind of dead for a while. Yeah, I'm actually really interested in this Twisted Metal thing. You know, maybe they're yeah, I am too, to be honest. Garner the reception of it and see what the market is for Twisted Metal. And like, maybe we got something here and we should, you know, hey, we'll do a season two. We'll make a movie um, or we'll make a new game and we'll go from there. But it's certainly interesting um, with everything that we're getting from video game adaptations and what's to come. I mean, you know, certainly when we talked about the animated Mario movie, there's no way that that doesn't have its own, you know, we'll, you know, call that the NCU, the Nintendo cinematic universe. There's no way that right. they don't, ha- there's no way that that doesn't happen. Um, we just got reports of who the, I didn't see the, the actual person, but they announced who they cast as Jade for mortal Kombat two. Um, which hoping they do a better job with that one. Um, but Rob, um, I'll let you go first here. Any, you know, uh, any thoughts that we haven't touched on, you know, on this movie, anything that you had written down, like that we didn't bring up. Nope. I'm all set. All right, Brandon, any other thoughts that you had on this that we didn't cover any topics, any scenes that we failed to mention? I find it funny. And you mentioned it while we were watching it, that Capcom kind of made the animated movie and granted, it's a storyline from the games, but they took like some of the elements of this movie and made it better in the other movie, like Bison taking Ken and kind of controlling him and doing all this stuff with his mind. It's the same thing as Blanca in this movie. So it's funny how they went in and be like, yeah, let's just do that better than them. Yeah, it is kind of funny because I had never seen it. And Brandon and I watched the animated Street Fighter movie that came out after this. And I was like, there's several story points that are taken right from this movie, Um, which I found kind of Mm. funny because I was like, I don't know why you'd want to reference this movie at all for the casual person. Well, Um, (laughs) a lot of it is like in-game story. The problem is the movie just changes it up so much that it's kind of incomprehensible from the movies. Yeah, that that's very true. Um, all right, what we'll do here, we'll get into popcorn time. We're going to review this, our final thoughts on it, where it ranks, four buckets. Um, Rob, I'll let you go first. Where does Street Fighter land? <sighs> so... <sighs> It's actually kind of tough because I'm somewhere between giving it one and a half and two. And I think about some of the things that I've given very low scores to in the past. And this is better than some of them. I think about some of the things that I've given a two to, and this is not as good as them. So I kind of have to just split the difference and go, it's one and three quarters buckets. This is one of those ones that like, if you're just in a goofy mood, and you just like need something and you don't need to think about it too much. Like this is, this is there for you. Like the same mood you'd have to be in to want to watch Batman and Robin is kind of the mood you got to be in for this. And I think there's a lot of correlations between them. So yeah, one and three quarters for me. So yeah, I, I give this a one and a half, but I do have to asterisk this and say as, <laughs> as a movie, it's as a movie, you know, ranking this, okay, as a film in terms of dialogue, action, 
you know, everything about it, cinematography, I give it a one and a half bucket as an entertainment piece. It's a five, it's a five bucket movie for me. It, it absolutely is a five bucket. Um, and, I, and I would like, right, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Like right now, when I, when I look something like when I look something up before we started this, I was like, God damn street fighter got me. It's on Tubi. I got to watch it. Like, because when we watched it, I used Google play points to actually get it. Um, cause it wasn't on any streaming service way back when we watched it originally, when we were first gonna, um, when we were going to do this review now it's on Tubi and I'm like, well, crap. Now it's free. Like now it's free again, so to speak. Like I, I might have to do this. You know what? If you have, if you're listening to this and have never actually watched this movie, um, go ahead and yeah, like, now that I know it's on Tubi, like go ahead and check it out. Like you've got to, you've got to experience this like once and then you're probably good, but you gotta, you gotta experience this once. It won't take up too much of your time. Really? It's, it's not like we're, you're getting into a two hour and 30 minute movie. No, not only will it not take up a lot of your time, it won't take up a lot of space in your brain either. Like you literally don't have to think about anything when you're watching this. Like absolutely no mental bandwidth will be taken up. You can you can use what any brain power you've got to everything else you've got going on for that day because you don't have to designate any of it to this movie. Yeah, the amount of time that this movie takes up before I I, I get to Brandon his review is literally the equivalent of that gum that used to be in baseball cards and you chew it once and all the flavor was gone. That that's how much <laughs> mental capacity you need for this movie. That's that's it. You it, it can be simple. <laughs> <laughs> you got him. <laughs> I would say definitely yeah, watch this movie at least once cuz I feel like especially if you're just starting Street Fighter Six, it's very popular. Everyone's kind of loving it now. Watch this movie once, <laughs> and then go watch the animated movie. You'll, you'll mental health will help. Will definitely rise after that. But I would definitely this movie realistically is a one. Like I think I'd give it. Like I there was some times where I was just laughing the entire way through this movie. Like anytime Zangief was on the screen and he's just his thumb sideways. He's like, <laughs> for like incomplete sentences. When Guile is coked up talking about Bison's ass, <laughs> like I'm dying. Anytime Bison's on the screen, but it's super entertaining. I might give it a five for entertainment as well, but I could only watch this once in all honesty. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm a rare breed with these movies <laughs> and, and how much I'll put myself through to watch them again. But oh man, Street Fighter 1994. My goodness. Felt good to do this one. <laughs> this this review. Um we purge this from our banks of, of things we've talked about doing. Right, exactly. Good God. I, I don't know if I've ever I don't know if I've ever seen a worse bucket list of what we want to do, but <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Some of the, some of the ideas have been pretty awful. So, um, you know, before we sign off, we're going to recap a little bit here, but I do want to give a shout out, uh, to our friend Harrison who runs the basement bench podcast. Um, actually I'm very excited because I'm going to be 
reviewing Fast X with him uh, tomorrow, which is Thursday, May 24th. Not sure exactly when he's going to get that dropped, um, but this is a movie I have seen. I'm going to be going to see it again. Um, does that mean I really like it? Does that mean I just need to have somebody else see the absolute train wreck that has become the Fast and the Furious franchise. So you're going to put me through it. Oh, you damn right. Uh, <laughs> you're going to see this. Um, Parental abuse. Yep, ex- exactly. Um, I am extremely excited to talk about this movie. Um, so that's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, um, but, Rob, it's been quite some time. Uh, and you and I haven't really, we've we've talked, but with everything that you go got going on, is there anything coming from Rob's reviews or are you, do you have any time right now? <laughs> it has been, it has been a busy, busy uh, spring. So, you know, spring of course, when you have young kids is, is when things go to chaos because that's end of the year recitals and performances and, and everything else under the sun. Um, so, uh, one of my co-hosts is incredibly hard to nail down because she's incredibly busy. She's even busier than I am. And I work 45 hours a week. Um, so uh, we know what we want to do. It's just a matter of getting the, t- the time nailed down to do it. Um, we've got something that's, that is in works uh, very soon. It's just a matter of, of us being home together at the same time. Gotcha. Well, I'll look forward to that because I've always loved those reviews. Um, so listeners, if you are returning, we're going to say thank you very much for sticking with us. You know how to contact us. It's in the show notes. Email, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of those things. Um, if you are a brand new listener and you saw Street Fighter for some reason, you did a hashtag something and you saw this review, welcome. Um, if you like this review, want to see some of our other video game stuff that we've done, like Mortal Kombat, The Last of Us on what is now called Max, the 19th name change for that goddamn freaking streaming service. Um, they're changing it back by the end of the year. Just you heard it here first. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, you know what? It'll go back to HBO Go, and that it's just yeah. stupid change anyway. Yeah, like why would you give up the brand recognition of HBO? Like I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's changing back by the end of the year. Who knows with that? But uh, you know, we've done a lot of video game, uh, you know, movie adaptations, Halo, all of those things, but. Click the player. You will find all of our episodes. Let us know what you think, and we will see.